just ignore <laughs> I'm not on my game today. My tum tum hurts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's fine. I just sound like I'm echoing again. Not echoing, like I'm in a cave like that guy who has gastrointestinal bleeding. Did you hear about him? Never mind. You have to watch the news to get my jokes. That ain't ever gonna happen. <laughs> I'm gonna get your jokes. Okay. With you, the sun is shining 24 7. Cause when we're together, it feels like we're in heaven. If it will get dark, you'll be my million stars. I know I can lean on you. Welcome to episode 8 of Delete This History, a podcast by two besties of a certain age searching for answers. We're your hosts, Kara Birch and Bria Brown. Hey, girl. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay. That's the answer I'm going with. Yeah, me too. Nobody wants to hear my problems. And they're not really problems. (laughs) Yeah, mine either. Just something I've done to myself. (laughs) (laughs) We both have been so smart this week. At least we're not hung over and feeling bad. Exactly. Kind of the opposite. We're just overly caffeinated and dumb. Caffeine hangover. That's exactly what's happening to me. Yeah. Sean has it too. Because I'm not caffeinated anymore. Me neither. Yeah. So that's kind of part of the problem. Exactly. I'm feeling a little bit... <laughs> I'm done. Mm. Yeah. Down in a slump. Yeah. Um, I had a dream I wanted to tell you about last night. Oh, bring it. Because I've got one for you too. Uh, of course you do. I woke up in the middle of the night. I don't know what time it was, but I was getting a migraine. I could feel it. Oh. I had bought this thing called... Thera Ice. Okay. And it's this whole head wrap that can cover your eyes if you want it to, so it blocks out, you know. So you can either put it in the freezer and make it really, really cold, or you can heat it up and make it hot, whatever you feel like you need at the time. Well, I've discovered that it, room temperature is just fine. Oh. It puts pressure on your head, but then it's also chilled because it's full of gel. Uh, yes. So I tried it. I tried it in the freezer and I almost killed myself. Like my eyeballs almost froze. It's too cold. Oh no. Because I'm a delicate flower. Yes. So last night I keep it on my like my headboard because yeah. sometimes I just wake up with migraine. So like I pulled this thing on and after about ten or fifteen minutes I started feeling better and I fell asleep. With, with it, it on. on. <laughs> so your brain knew something is weird here. Because it does, it has some squeezing action. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I woke up from a dream where an octopus was wrapped around my face and I couldn't see and it was just squeezing tighter and tighter and tighter. The covers, I had them all wrapped up around my legs. Like I think I'd been fighting the octopus. (laughs) That thing on my head. (laughs) And so I got it yanked off and I was like, oh. Thank goodness that was not an actual octopus. And then I got tickled. and But my migraine was gone. I have a new recurring nightmare slash stress dream. Oh, no. Yes, I do. Missing podcast recording. (gasps) (laughs) Or not being ready for it. It's the second time I've had a dream where you've texted me and you're like, where are you? And I'm in the middle of something else, usually something really stressful. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't even stop what I'm doing right now and just drop everything and go. And I'm not prepared. It's terrible. I'm very sorry. It is a bad, bad feeling. But it's just like that whole, I have to go to class and take a final and I'm not prepared Mm -hmm. for the final. Yeah. There's one more thing I think we need to address. What? In the last episode, we were talking about the Chiefs-Lions game, the Mm -hmm. first game of the season, Mm -hmm. home opener Mm -hmm. at... Arrowhead, and you did a little smack talking. (laughs) I believe your words were suck it, Lions, or get ready to suck it. Get ready to suck it. I was pretty amped up for that game. And you even told me to edit that out, (laughs) but I didn't because I'm a jerk. And I thought it was funny because you're not a smack talker. No. Generally. No, I'm not. You're really not. That's not you. So it just hit me really, really funny. So I kept it in, and uh, but unfortunately, by the time people listen to that episode, uh-huh. that game will have been over, and the problem is, we're the ones who sucked it. Yeah, we sucked it. <laughs> <laughs> we sucked it. 
The Chiefs sucked it so bad. So disappointing. So, so bad. What a game. But kudos to the Lions for winning um, by one point um, when two of our best players were out of the game. And we had a receiver who had bricks for hands. Bricks for hands. And I'm not salty at all. I am not salty at all about that loss or the Lions winning. Congratulations, Lions fans. Listener Matt is a Lions fan. Anyway. So, yeah, I'll, I will rein in my smack talk. I don't think you should. Okay, good. Because I think it's a perfect illustration of how we're normal people. Mm-hmm. And we're imperfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very imperfect. And everyone will get a little laugh at our <laughs> ignorance. I can't help it. I was so excited. I was really excited as well. But they already know the outcome. Yes, they do. When they hear you say that. And so they're going to be like, what? What are they talking about? Yeah. We work ahead, people. That's right. And we're not here to be perfect or to impress people with our intelligence. Mm. We're here to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Sharing our internet search histories. The reading of the lists. I had, to, I had to play the music in my head. I did the same thing. It's episode eight. Yes. Even Steve and Kara gets to read her list first. Correct. Okay, episode eight. Kara's list is great. <laughs> Number one. How are U.S. coin designs chosen? Number two, Google streetcar in North Korea. Number three, when were antacids invented? Number four, hoi polloi definition. Number five, Iris Apfel. All right. My list for this week is number one, sugar chest. Number two, decoupage tabletop ideas. Number three, Toby mugs slash Toby jugs. Number four, undercroft. Number five, Restless Leg Relief. That's a very interesting list you've got there. It's very chesty. It's very chesty. <laughs> Talk about chesticles. <laughs> well, now it's time for us to play a little game that we like to call Search, Search Me. Where we each pose one question to each other and see if we can answer based only on the reading of the lists. There are prizes involved. Yeah. So this week. Repeat prizes. Yes, we both sucked it last week. Oh, man. (laughs) You're playing for these cards again, officially licensed by the NFL. Excellent. And I'm sweetening the pot here with a little tiny card that I made for you. It's beautiful. Bria, which of my searches was prompted by my questioning why my purse was feeling heavier than normal? How are U.S. coin designs chosen? Yes, 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 yes. You are a winner. Yay. Good job, girl. Yes. So, yes, I had a lot of coins in my purse. So then I got out and started looking at them. They're all different kinds of coins. And I was like, I wonder how they picked the designs for these. So I looked it up. Established in 2003, the Artistic Infusion Program, or AIP, contracts talented professional American artists who represent diverse backgrounds and a variety of interests. These artists work with the Mint staff to create and submit new designs for our coins and medals. Mm -hmm. The Citizens Coinage Advisory Committee and the U.S. Commission of Fine Arts hold meetings to review design portfolios. The stakeholders or other experts may share their thoughts on the portfolios The CCAC and CFA each recommend a design to the Secretary of the Treasury. After considering the recommendations, the Secretary actually gets to choose the final design. It's a lot of pressure. But I would like that job. Me too. (laughs) Um, So the approved design is still in the form of line art. So a mint medallic artist has to sculpt this design in clay or digitally. The finished sculpture is carved into a master hub which makes the dyes that they use to produce the coins. Mm -hmm. In the dye-making process, the mint makes several generations of hubs and dyes, and the hubs show the positive image the way the artist created it, and the dyes are like the photo negative of it, Mm -hmm. displaying the design in reverse. The dyes act like a stamp to transfer the design onto the coins, but before the mint starts making a new coin in bulk, the manufacturing department does a strike test. Strike test shows if there are any parts of the design that don't strike well. If everything looks good, though, the production process begins. 
The mint buys large metal coils. A blanking press punches out blanks from the coil like a cookie cutter. Blanks are annealed in a furnace to prepare them for striking, which changes the physical properties of the metal to make it softer and allow it to be shaped without breaking. The annealed blanks will hold the design better during the striking process. The annealed blanks are then washed and travel to the upsetting mill, where the coin is given a rim, which protects the coin from wear and makes it stackable. Special proof and uncirculated blanks go through a cleansing process called burnishing to smooth and polish the surface using metal pellets. Hmm. Finally, the blanks travel to the coin presses for striking, which happens when the press forces the obverse and the reverse dies together to transfer the design onto the coin. The coins are inspected for defects and then sent for packaging. If circulating coins don't meet certain standards, the batch then goes to a machine called the waffler, where the waffler bends the coins to form wavy lines before they're sent back for recycling. Oh, so that's how they mark this is a defect. Yep. Okay. Annealed. That just means heated? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a new word on me. There you go. It's all you ever wanted to know. It was very interesting. <clears throat> it's another one of those how things are made. I know. I keep gravitating toward that. But it's so fascinating. I think so, too. And if our listeners don't think so, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be our first merch. <laughs> suck it. <laughs> okay. Oh, mercy. All right. You're playing for the box of M&Ms that escaped your chompers last episode. Mm-hmm. My chompers are sad. I know. Which search yielded the spookiest but least interesting result this week. Spookiest, yet least interesting. Least interesting. Undercroft. <gasps> you got it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm taking these M&Ms. Get them. Yum. Undercroft. Tell me all about it. It's another name. For the crypt of a church. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this wasn't interesting, though? Not really. Oh. Because that's that's really about it. Oh, <laughs> okay. I've never heard of the term before, but I was reading a book, and I was like, huh? And they were in a church. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I saw the definition, the crypt of a church. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Is that a European term? I don't know. It's not a European book. It's a book that takes place in Kansas City. Oh, all right. But it's also used to describe any kind of underground storage or cellar. So you could call any basement an undercroft, really. Okay. Or a street-level area covered by a building above. So you've got a building above and parking underneath the building. Oh. But the parking is at street level, not like an underground parking garage. The building is raised up like on stilts. Oh, I'm with you. That can also be called an undercroft. But in the context of my search, I knew it was a church basement, essentially. That is it. We learned something new. I mean, yeah, it was learning. And that's very exciting. It just wasn't a very sexy Mm -hmm. result. (laughs) I thought it was perfect for Search Me because it was nice and short Mm -hmm. and sweet. Yes. Now, our relationship has not been short and sweet. No, it has not. It's been... I almost said long and sweet, but that's not good. <laughs> oh, uh, it's been sweet. It's been sweet. But not short. Mm-mm. We have a very vast shared history. And now we're going to share another kind of history. Our search histories. You're up. Last week, mm-hmm. you really infused my brain with your search about the Google Streetcar. Oh, yes. And it really got me thinking, you know, we talked briefly about how there are probably no Google Street Views in North Korea. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. There yeah. are no Google Street Views in Korea. However, I was still curious about it. So I got onto Google Street View and I tried to drop the little Google man in North Korea. It didn't work. However. He didn't turn into Kim Jong-un. He did not. He did not. But I got as close to the border as I could, and I dropped him, and I found myself on a footbridge in South Korea. 
And so that confirms your information about Google giving people equipment to travel on foot to places where a car can't go. Correct. I was able to walk really, really far on this footbridge. It was super cool and it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. It was right on a river and it was very, um, oh, just away from a city. It was just out in nature. It was gorgeous. While Google isn't allowed in North Korea, if you grab the little Google guy and you drag him over North Korea, these blue dots will appear. These are what Google calls photospheres. You can drop the little Google guy onto these blue dots. Well, people that have been in North Korea, visited there, have taken a picture at that location and submitted it to Google to upload. Oh my goodness. And it's a 360 degree view, so you can turn it all the way around. There were some fascinating photos in North Korea. I highly encourage you to check it out. Oh my gosh. Some buildings, these amazing buildings. There's tons of blue dots around Pyongyang. Mm -hmm. They're all over the place, tons of them. Um, so then I kind of got to thinking, well, where else could I go? And so China has not allowed Google in to their country. Not surprisingly, but there are tons of photospheres in China, too. Beautiful views. Oh, of course. China is so pretty. It's gorgeous. I don't even know how much time I spent looking at all these photos and dropping my Google guy. Now, I did mention that. You did? In my Shut up. Are you serious? Topic. Yeah. I just don't want people, I just don't want listeners to especially people who are listening to episodes back to back to back, because I know people are gonna want to binge us. Oh, I mean, duh. obviously. Uh, I don't want them being like, hey, hey, guys. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> well, I didn't go into detail, but I just said anybody can be a Google guide, a, a Google guide, like yes. Maps guide. And you could take your own pictures and send them to Google and they will put them up. I misconstrued that. I thought you meant. Oh, you thought I meant anybody can like have the job of being yes an official like paid by google person yes. gotcha i apologize no that's well this is slightly embarrassing not really okay. because you just didn't understand what i said well and i was not clear about what i was saying this is cool it is cool this is way more information than i gave i kind of just glossed over that well everyone just check it out I'm very surprised that you can get any pictures out of North Korea. Agreed. It was few and far between. You had so, to really look hard. Some of them did not work. So these are citizens of North Korea. I don't know, because people do travel there. Missionaries go there and That's do true. work. So I, it doesn't say necessarily. There are names listed sometimes. Whoa. Yeah, I would say. Sometimes there are not names. I wouldn't. I'm probably being tracked by North Korea right now for how much time I spent Hell yeah, you are. looking at a map of North Korea on the internet. They're probably like, we got to track this lady down. So if I'm not here next week, <laughs> please call North Korea and check on me because yes. that's where I probably am. <laughs> I also searched Greenland, Iceland, um, some Beautiful Icelandic photos. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Iceland is amazing. Checked out Africa. I love maps. I do too. My dad was a big map person. Yeah. He had lots of atlases. Yes. But he had one that was big and it was like bound. It was like in a, it had to have been outdated because we had it forever. But it was in this big white, it was a huge white book that was a hardback book. Like leather bound. Oh my goodness. Smelled of mahogany. No. But I used to love looking through that thing. And dad, when we, when he would plan trips, like vacations or whatever, mm -hmm. he would get out the atlases so that he can look through and see where we were going to go and where we were going to stop. And, you know, because this is all pre-Google. Sure. And he would just be hours mm -hmm. pouring over these maps just loved it. I thought it was I, so interesting. Well, well, I actually got it from my dad, too, because he also had an atlas. I like maps. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end of that search. Lovely. Sorry I repeated you. That's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry I was not clear when I talked about that. And I'm glad you did, because you gave a lot more information. 
Hey, Bria, tell me about one of your searches. All right. The first one that I'm going to tell you about is Toby Mugs slash Toby Jugs. <laughs> yeah. This I also read in a book. I'd heard of these before, but I couldn't picture what one was. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about a collection. So I thought, these must be some sweet-ass jugs. <laughs> How did I get in that book? So I highlighted it in my Kindle, of mm -hmm. course, and looked it up. And I was kind of horrified. Oh. These are not the most attractive things. No jug shaming. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not. I'm just going to tell you about them. Okay. They're drinking vessels that are shaped like a person, sometimes in a sitting or standing position. But usually it's just the person's head. So it's like a mug, the front of it opposite the handle has a face and it looks like somebody recognizable and then you pour you know you're drinking it and you drink it you drink out of the side of the person's head basically okay usually because they're usually heads they've been part of english culture for generations okay the most collectible and popular are the royal dalton character jugs they were introduced in 1934 and the first characters were John Barleycorn and Old Charlie. Okay. I have no idea who those characters are, <laughs> but I'm assuming British people do. Okay. Okay. A more familiar one to you and me would probably be someone like Winston Churchill. Mm -hmm. There's a Toby jug of his mug. Okay. Okay. They're kind of crude looking, okay. glazed ceramic mugs. They're not pretty. So they're not like fancy or... It looks like somebody colored on them with marker. They're not painted really finely or beautifully or anything. And they're kind of caricatures of these people. But I think it's just, I don't think they're supposed to be making fun of the person. It's kind of like a caricature where it's still flattering that they have their own Toby jug. Mm -hmm. But they're not made to be beautiful. Okay. Here are the top five most valuable in the world. Because okay. these things, holy smokes. They be ugly, but they be worth a lot of money. <laughs> the first one is Toby Gillette from the Jim will Fix It show. Okay. And I think that's where the name Toby Jug comes from. All right. Okay. No clue what that show is or who that character is. I'm assuming it's an English-British thing. There's only three of these existing in the world. Oh, my. It's worth more than $30,000. How's that for an ugly mug? Yep. Number two is Sir Francis Drake. Okay. Without his hat. <laughs> that must be rarer or something. 5500 bucks. Number three, clown. Terrifying. Ew. I'm going to show you a picture of this clown. Okay. And I'll send it to you or I'll save it so that you'll have it for your social media week. Okay. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's not as terrifying as it could be. No, but it is what nightmares it are made of. It will stick with me for the rest of my life. Correct. Hmm. Very. Mm -mm. Anyway. Okay. He's $4,500. Oh, my. Of terrifying. Number four, <laughs> Clark Gable. Oh. Finally one I know. I know that one. Well, I mean, I know Sir Francis Drake, but. I also know Clown. I probably wouldn't have been able to pick out Francis Drake mm. in a lineup. I don't really know what he looks like. Same. Clark Gable, $4,000 to $5,000. Oh, and then the fifth most expensive or most valuable, Old King Cole with yellow crown, twenty-five dollars to $4,000. Good grief. So $2,500 to $4,000. Huh. Toby Jug. Yep. Or Mug. Right. So are the jugs like pitchers? Uh-uh. They're just larger mugs. It's just another word. It's oh. just another. Oh, I see. Like in the book, she called them Toby mugs. Uh-huh. But when I did that search, it just came up with Toby jugs. Huh. I want to see how many times I can say jug. You're on a roll. Mm -hmm. And I grin every time you say it. <laughs> so anyway, I probably collect some things that people would think are ugly or useless. So whatever. <laughs> collect them all. Toby jugs. <laughs> I love it. All right, my next one is, when were antacids invented? Mm. I knew it would be a long time ago. I'm going to give you a little bit of history, just okay. a little bit. In the 19th century, 
There were a lot of remedies for an upset tummy. I think it's kind of hilarious. You and I were not feeling so great the past couple of days because this was searched before our ailments. Well, I'm listening hard to this today. You might take something away here in this <laughs> next sentence. Okay. Some people used to use papaya for its enzymes to reduce heartburn. Mm -hmm. This technique is still useful today. Hmm. Um, in 1887, Johnson & Johnson developed papoid tablets made from the extract of papaya and guaranteed it would digest any kind of food mankind could eat. <laughs> okay. You could also try Dr. Bonker's celebrated Egyptian oil. Stomach sufferers were encouraged to take 10 to 20 drops every half hour in molasses or on sugar and at the same time apply externally. Rub it on your tummy. Sounds legit. <laughs> mm -hmm. However, by 1928, medical experts understood that upset stomachs appeared to be caused by overactive acid in the digestive system. St. Louis pharmacist James Howe deduced that if acid was a problem, the solution would be to neutralize the acid. His wife suffered from indigestion, and one night he, in his basement, created an anti-acid, a mixture of sugar and calcium carbonate, and it did the trick. Soon, it was helping others all across St. Louis, and just two short years later, a manufacturing company was built, and Tums became a national hit. Tums. Tum, ta -tum, tum. Please sponsor us. Tums. Soon after the success of Tums, uh, competition came in the form of Alka-Seltzer, Roloids, and Pepto-Bismol. Each has a slightly different formulation and uses different ingredients. The Tums brand stayed in the Howe family for nearly 50 years before being sold to Revlon and eventually to its current owner, GlaxoSmithKline. Today, the Tums factory still sits on the same site where James Howe first manufactured it, churning out 6 billion tablets a year. Shoot. Thank you to Custom Powder Systems for this information. Okay. Tums, if you're interested, here's a fun fact. The name Tums came from a radio contest. Oh. They okay. asked listeners, mm -hmm. come up with a name for this product. And a nurse won the contest with Tums for your tummy. Mm. <laughs> I was really hoping for like Tums stood for something or yeah. something more interesting, but it ain't. Tummy upset major symptoms. Would your husband get up in the middle of the night and go down to his basement laboratory and <laughs> make you make you an antacid? He would. Oh. He would. I don't think my husband would. <laughs> Sean would do anything for me. Oh. I know. I think Clint would say, uh, wake me up in the morning. <laughs> Last night, I was working in my chair with my laptop yeah. and working on the podcast, and I just said... I'm getting hungry. And Sean jumped up and said, what do you want? And made me a little plate of food. Oh, that's so that sweet? nice. I, I think he would make me some anti-acids in the basement. He probably would. You guys are disgusting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Moving along and staying in the same region of the body. <laughs> the chest area. Yes. Not moving away from jugs. Sugar chest. Yes, I am very interested to hear what this is all about. It is not the same as sugar tits. <laughs> <laughs> does it have anything to do with shoulder season? It does not. In something I was reading, someone mentioned an antique sugar chest being sold. And I was like, what the heck is that? It's a wooden box on legs, like short legs, kind of like corgi legs. Mm -hmm. It's kind of low to the ground. Okay. traditionally, and it's divided on the inside, right down the middle, usually. And as the name suggests, these were used to store and sometimes lock up sugar back in the day when sugar was really valuable and expensive. And the divider was to keep your white sugar separate <gasps> from your brown oh, sugar. Yes. Which sounds kind of racist. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it out loud. <laughs> Obviously, most people don't have these anymore. Right. In their houses or their kitchens because we don't need to lock up our sugar. Although maybe we should in America. Maybe we should. <laughs> we should at our house. That's for sure. 
nowadays they're often used as liquor storage. Oh, people have repurposed them as liquor storage. You buy them at, like in an antique store or whatever because they're super old. Mm-hmm. And because they have a lock on them, they're great for liquor storage, especially mm-hmm. if you have small children or teenagers yes. in your house. I love cabinets and chests and trunks and anything like that because, like my mom, I have this thing about I like to have stuff. Yeah. I like stuff. But I also don't like clutter. Yes, same. And so I like my stuff to be hidden away from people. You like your stuff in stuff. Yeah. I'm a hoarder. <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a secret hoarder. You don't. You're not a hoarder because you donate stuff. You purge. I do purge occasionally. Hoarders don't purge. You're right. But you're I still. A collector. I Right. That's what everybody on Hoarders says, <laughs> that they're a collector. I've watched many, many episodes of Hoarders, and they all say, I'm, I, I see myself more as a collector. <sighs> anyway, I, I do love just collecting stuff, especially when I get into something new, mm-hmm. like a hobby or whatever. I have to have everything associated with that hobby. Mm-hmm. But then I need a place to put it. Yes. So I have a bunch of, in my house, and you know this, I have a bunch of Ottomans. Mm-hmm. That's my storage of choice. It's brilliant. Because you can put your feet up, but... No one knows what's in there. Right. Or that you can even put things in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you open it up. Oh. Yeah. And you see Barbies. And board games. <laughs> and board games. And what else? Oh, like blankets. Blankets, yeah. Yeah, things like that. That's kind of boring. Not but when it gets chilly. That's true. I love a blanket. And I love to organize my stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when you have storage containers like that mm-hmm. and furniture like that, it's a great way to organize because like this is my cabinet where I put all my crafting supplies. And so anyway, um, my mom had a ton of furniture like that, <laughs> like curios and secretaries and sideboards and um, not to be confused with cyborgs. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. I was like, huh? I, I thought maybe I should enunciate. And she even had an old pie safe. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. I love mm-hmm. pie safes. Those are so cool. And she had an old ice chest mm-hmm. that she kept snacks in. Oh, that was like potato chips and yes. stuff like that were in the ice chest. Oh, that's cool. Or ice box. Ice box. And it had the doors with the latches and the, you know, where you'd put the big block of ice. Yes. That's um, cool. I inherited her secretary. And I think that's really the only, I mean, that's kind of crazy to think, but that's the only thing of hers I took that was storage related. Mm-hmm. Where'd the pie safe go? I think my sister Corey got the pie safe. Okay. Because she was the one who gifted mom with the pie safe. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said, I really want that pie safe back. Yeah. And I was like, well, no, just kidding. (laughs) We did not fight over any of my mom's stuff. Um, Mm. And when we cleaned out my mom's house, it was abundantly clear how much she loved stuff (laughs) (laughs) and hiding stuff in cabinets. But anyway, now I'm wondering, do I need a sugar chest? Definitely. I think I do. And before you get it, decide what you're going to put in it. Oh, it'll be crafting supplies, probably. Oh, I think you should put Mama's snacks and then lock them up. Oh. Keep everybody else out. I don't know. Mama doesn't need to have snacks. Well, nobody needs snacks. (laughs) Do I need this box of M&Ms over here? No. Will I be eating them as soon as I get in my car? Yes. Yeah, well, you know. We will have been here a long time and your blood sugar Um, will be low and you'll need it need to keep my blood sugar up to drive home this is just safety (laughs) it is safety common sense (laughs) that is sugar chest oh it's a great search i thought it was very interesting i did not go where i thought it was going to go Mm -hmm. i had no idea never heard of that before yeah and you know what surprisingly not a lot of crazy perverted things came up when i searched that either that's i'm really happy for you i am too All right, my next search is hoi polloi definition. La-dee-da. 
Yeah, that's what you think, but you're actually wrong. I know. I've been using it wrong all these years. Um, This search came from Gone Girl, which I finally finished. F-U book. (laughs) The definition of hoi polloi is the general population or the masses. Yes. Another sense of the word is people of distinction or wealth or elevated social status. Not necessarily a definition, but it's another sense of the word that we have all created as a society. Oh my gosh, like like literally and literally. Yes. <laughs> we do it a lot. Oh, so much. We as a society are so good at that, at taking a word and using it to mean the opposite of what the word yes. is and then just being like doubling, we just go with it. tripling, quadrupling down on yes. it and being like, this is what the word means now. This is what it means. Like nonplussed. Yes. That's non- a confusing word. Nonplussed is supposed to mean or originally meant surprise. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It doesn't sound like that, though. But and we don't like that. No. If you read any modern book and they use the word nonplussed, it will be to mean bored yes. or not impressed mm-hmm. or not surprised. And that's why I thought that's what it meant because mm-hmm. that's where I read it. And then one time I looked it up and I was like, oh, what? What the crap? Yep. Wrong. Yep. I got really um, lambasted once. There's a good word. <laughs> that's a great word. That's like a $10 word. Yeah, because I used it technically incorrectly in one of my books. And a reviewer latched on to that one word out of 80,000 other words in a novel and said, this author is a moron. (gasps) Whoa. They really came at you. Yeah. They were just like, you don't know this, then your books are not worth reading. Well, since hoi polloi is a transliteration of the Greek for the many, some critics have asserted that the phrase should not be preceded by the. They find that the hoi polloi mm-hmm. to be redundant, equivalent to the, the many. Mm-hmm. This is why I looked it up, because that literally was in Gone Girl. And I was already so irritated with the female character. And then she said this. She said the hoi polloi, or she said she, you, you that's redundant. That's redundant. You need to only say hoi polloi, not the hoi polloi. She so, corrected her husband. So the author was using a character uh-huh. to make a point. Absolutely. About one of her pet peeves. Uh-huh. <laughs> we do it. I roll. We do it all the time as authors. <laughs> um. Okay, so it's the equivalent of VV Benny, an opinion that fails to recognize that hoy means nothing at all in English. A number of critics also warn against the use of hoy polloi in sense two, which directly contradicts the actual definition Correct. of the word. Uh, the sense is not commonly covered in dictionaries, but it does have rare occurrences in published texts since the mid 20th century. And it was first heard in this sense Mm -hmm. in the early 50s, but it's not known for certain how this originated, how it came about, but it just caught on. Um, One possibility is that it developed out of the inherent snobbery of the phrase hoi polloi. Yes. People who use hoi polloi. Yes. Yeah. In its original and primary sense, hoi polloi is a term used by snobs Mm -hmm. or more often in mocking imitation of snobs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even its sound has a quality of haughtiness and condescension, much like that of hoity-toity. Correct. A term that underwent a similar extension of meaning in the 20th century from its former sense of frivolous. Hoity-toity means... Hoity-toity actually means foolish or frivolous. Mm. They think hoity-toity may have been created as a rhyme based on an English word, hoit, which means to play the fool. Oh, so it's kind of like uh, Cockney rhyming slang, (laughs) hoity-toity. Yes. Thank you, Merriam-Webster. My next search is restless leg relief. Yes, yes, yes. 
Let's hear all about that. I have restless leg syndrome. Sean does too. So um, a fascination with maps and atlases is not the only thing I got from my dad. Oh, no. (laughs) Shoot. I I got the good old RLS. And for those of you who have never experienced this, it is an uncontrollable urge to move your legs when you're trying to relax. And it always happens like Mm -hmm. when you really want your legs to not be moving anymore. Mm -hmm. That's when they're like, hey, would you like us to move? And it's not a muscle thing. Okay. It's more like a nerve thing, and it affects the muscles. So it makes the muscles want to move, but it's really a nerve thing. That sounds horrible. It's awful. And it does exactly, you know, what the name suggests. It makes you restless. But it also makes me personally, like, mentally restless. Mm. And I start to get super irritated. Oh, it makes me so irritable because it is such a an annoying feeling to not be able to keep your legs or your feet still. And it's just... I wonder what causes that. Well, I'm glad you asked. Oh, okay. Because nobody fucking knows. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so helpful. The search results for this restless leg relief were as frustrating as the actual oh, condition. Oh, no. because there are so many quacks out there trying to sell you miracle dr bonkers egyptian oil correct like that where they just want to sell you something they don't even know what causes it but they're like hey we know what causes this and here's what you need to you know get relief from it Mm -hmm. but nobody knows and so they're just guessing as much as everybody else is guessing like why does this happen because There's no predictable impetus either. Like if I have a really active day, walking a lot, doing a lot of stuff, I might not have it that night or I might. Hmm. If I've been very sedentary that day, like sitting at my desk all day, I might have it or might not. It has nothing to do with how much activity I do in a day. So it's just (laughs) infuriating. So I went on a search for remedies and I got a lot of results, usually pills, or powders that would claim to like, oh, you know, compensate for a lack of magnesium or a lack of iron, but nobody can agree on what the lack of problem is. Right. So my dad used to drink quinine or tonic water that was recommended by his doctor. I don't know how well it worked, but it was nasty. It's nasty. You're supposed to drink a little bit, like six ounces or something before bed. Okay. But then other people say there's not enough quinine or tonic or whatever in tonic water to do that. You have to take it in tablet form or a more concentrated form. Okay. Mostly people trying to sell tablets. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of other claims like about a lack of vitamin D or magnesium or potassium or calcium, but nothing definitive. So everything is might be caused by, might be, which is just not satisfying. It's kind of compared sometimes to like Parkinson's, like the same type of interaction between muscle and nerve i don't want to be like hanging around slamming tonic water and stuffing my face with bananas and tossing down vitamin d tablets and wearing compression stockings not knowing if any of that's even going to help right so i'd rather just complain about it okay it sounds horrible it's awful now you know what does help though what and i read this on i don't even remember where a weighted blanket sometimes helps oh. because it puts pressure on your legs. And I don't I don't know why that helps, but it does. And so I pulled out my weighted blanket. Did it work? And it's helped a little bit this hmm. week. So Interesting. when I've noticed that my legs are starting to get kind of mm-hmm. like that feeling, then I put them under my weighted blanket and I die. I <laughs> <laughs> make my own gravy. <laughs> sweat my ass off but it does help so i turned on the ceiling fan so it only happens when you're starting to get sleepy or you're just trying uh, to relax just relaxing okay interesting fortunately it doesn't keep me awake yeah a lot of people have that a lot of people have where they can't even fall asleep because it's so bad my brain is just like it's bedtime Mm -hmm. night night knock on wood so far Hmm. So, so far, it doesn't keep me awake at night, but it makes me want to throw things or kick things. 
Yeah, it sounds super annoying. <laughs> Kick things more accurately. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know you've talked about Sean has that yeah. issue at night where he moves his feet mm-hmm. underneath the blankets. <laughs> well, even just watching TV, I can tell when his legs start moving, that's when I know he's getting ready to fall asleep. Yeah, he's going to fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if that has to do with restless leg syndrome, but he he has that. Probably. He is so fidgety. Yeah. It's like, just sit still. Starts having puppy dreams. Stop moving. Yeah, it used to drive my mom crazy, too. <laughs> my dad would be, you know, they'd be watching TV at night or playing Dr. Mario or whatever. <laughs> like, As one does. Like they used to do. <laughs> and my dad would start, you know, his legs would start going or he'd start rolling his ankles or, you know, whatever. And mm. he was very much twitchy in his sleep, too. Did he ingest a lot of caffeine? Yes. See, I kind of wonder if caffeine has something to do with it. Because Sean drinks a lot of caffeine. Yes, he does. Do you drink a lot of caffeine? Mm, Not as much as Sean. Not as much as my dad. My dad used to drink a lot of caffeine. But that wasn't even brought up. Oh, really? In any of my searches. Like, hey, limit your caffeine. Oh, well, maybe that has nothing to do with it. So weird. You'd think there'd be a bunch of studies and, like, they would bring a bunch of people together that have this problem and... Figure out what they all have in common and maybe start going down that path. It sounds like there's nothing that we have in common. I think you should do your own study. (laughs) No. Hey, listeners. (laughs) If you have restless leg syndrome. And you have something that works. Yes. Tell me. Email us. Yes. I, yes. I might even drink tonic water if you say that it really works. (laughs) I don't remember if it worked for my dad or not. I don't think it did. Oh, man. Anyway, that was part of my annoying week. All right, what's your next one? (laughs) All right, this is my longest one. It's your last one, isn't it? It is my last one. Okay. So bear with me. Iris Apfel. Do you know who that is? No. Okay, so I've admired her for a really long time, and I think she's super classy. She has a long history, and so I'm just going to give you some highlights of who this lady is because... Where would I know her from? As I work my way through this, she might pop in your head as like, oh, I know who that is. Okay, so you want me to kind of discover who she is. Maybe so. Okay. And if at the end of this you still don't know, I'll pull up a picture and then I bet that will jog your memory. Maybe not. Maybe you don't know who Iris Apfel is. The name is so familiar. And I'm going to be super excited to introduce you to her if you don't know who she is. I'm ready. She's an American businesswoman Mm -hmm. and a fashion icon. And she was born in Queens. And that woman is still in New York. She loves New York. As a child, she began shopping for and purchasing unique pieces of jewelry in antique stores in Manhattan. As a young woman, she worked as a copywriter for Women's Wear Daily and as an interior designer dressing apartments for resale. She married Carl Apfel, and together they launched the textile firm Old World Weavers. They ran it until they sold it in 1992, but they continued to work for the company for another 13 years before retiring. While they owned their business, they were invited to complete design restoration projects at the White House for nine different presidents. Through their business, the couple traveled all over the world, and she bought pieces of artisanal clothing and jewelry, continually growing her personal collection. In September of 2005, the Costume Institute at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City premiered an exhibition about her style. It was the museum's first time showcasing an exhibit about clothing and accessories focused on a living person who wasn't a designer, and it launched her into stardom. This exhibit came about because they had an exhibit already planned, and it fell through. Mm. And so this guy knew about her and her fashion style and what she did, and he approached her. This was a curator of the museum at the time. I'm sorry I didn't write down his name. And he said, I would like to put some of your clothing and jewelry on display for this exhibit. And she's like, yeah, all right. So do you remember a few episodes ago, you were saying that um, every time you think, I'm too old to do something, I get Mm -hmm. a message from God that says, that is not true, lady. Mm -hmm. All right, Mm -hmm. well, open your ear holes, because here comes some more. At age 90, Iris was a visiting professor at the University of Texas in Austin. At age 92, She starred in a documentary about her life called Iris, which is excellent, by the way. At age 95, she was featured in another documentary called 
If you're not in the obit, eat breakfast. It's an HBO film which follows Carl Reiner mm -hmm. as he poses the question, what's the secret to living in your 90s and loving every minute of it? That is probably where I saw her. I've never heard of that, but I really want to see it. It's a great documentary. I'm sure. I love Carl Reiner. At age 96, Mattel created an Iris Apfel Barbie doll and making her the oldest person to have a Barbie made in their image. The same year that she turned 96, she published a biography with HarperCollins called Iris Apfel Accidental Icon. At age 97, she signed a modeling contract with the global talent agency IMG. Mm -hmm. At age 99, one week before we're turning 100, she launched an eyewear line, and she turned 102 on August 29th. She's still alive. She's still alive. Oh my gosh. She has 2.9 million followers on Instagram, including me. Wow. So do you know who this is? Have you seen her? I have seen her because I've watched, I watched that Carl Reiner documentary, but I can't picture her. So as I was walking to my car this week after work, I was looking at it and I was like, with all these black accents against that white paint, I was like, I'm calling my car Iris. <gasps> Because yes. she has this shock of white hair and these huge, bold, black glasses. That's what I'm calling my car. I'm getting a better picture of her now. That's mm -hmm. a picture of her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She is the most adorable. I just love her. That is a perfect name for your car. I think so, too. It just And it just hit me. I wasn't even thinking about her. I was just... It, it just hit me walking to my car because I had a really, I had left work late. And so all the cars were gone. So mine was just there by itself. And it just, it has all that black across the front of it. And yeah. I was like, it just reminded me. It was just like a lightning bolt that hit my head. And I was like, Iris, that's the name of my car. Oh, so sorry, everybody who I know. worked real hard thinking about. I do appreciate oh, Betty White. It was right up there, man. It was right up there. Yeah. But this one just fits yeah. so well. And I love her. So I thought, I'm going to name my car Iris, because Iris Apfel always makes me smile. And maybe and it will encourage me to be as bold as she is. And she's classy. She's classy. And that's a classy name. Yes. It just fits. It fits. When you know, you know. Yep. Um, I also encourage you to watch the documentary Iris, because it was before her husband died. God, you guys, they are oh. so cute together. That's the last of my searches. Okay. Hit me. My very last search for the week is decoupage tabletop ideas mm -hmm. or decoupage mm -hmm. or however you want to say it. Mm -hmm. We're here in the Ozarks, so we're going to call it decoupage. <laughs> decoupage. That's tabletop. really how I would prefer to pronounce it. Decoupage. Decoupage. Yeah. Decoupage. It's fall almost. Yes, it is. Talked about that. And that means I'm itching to do some interior mm -hmm. design projects. It's time to get out my fall throw pillow covers and my porch decorations for fall. Yes. Bria's got a lot of good fall decor. I love fall. And mm -hmm. her house always smells really good. It's time to retire the limoncello, <laughs> pull in some... Not pumpkin. I don't really like pumpkin spice oh, I was as, gonna... a, as a scent, but I like everything else pumpkin spice. Do you drink Hell pumpkin yeah. spice lattes? Hell yeah. Okay. I'm basic. My kids will tell you I am a basic <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I love fall and I love pumpkin spice. Oh my gosh. And hey, uh, you know, my search from when was that? A couple of weeks ago, the top stories from 2023 yeah no no it's 2003 2003 20 years ago 20 years ago thank you derpy derp derp um that's when starbucks introduced their pumpkin spice latte 20, 20 years ago 20 years ago i saw that like maybe two days after that episode and i was like oh that would have been a really great addition f me 20 years <gasps> that's Crazy. I know. I, I know. need to process that for a minute. I know. Okay. 
I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's I okay. I got really excited I, when you said pumpkin spice. I got spice. so distracted by pumpkin spice just now. My stomach just growled because I was thinking of like pumpkin spice bread. I love oh, pumpkin bread. Pumpkin bread. Get in my mouth. Oh my gosh. I love pumpkin bread like, oh man, Me like you would not too. believe. I wish I had a can of pumpkin at home right now. So I could make some pumpkin bread when I get home, but I don't. Do you remember that boss I used to have? Yes, who used to eat it straight out of the <laughs> Just can. Just would eat pumpkin straight out of the can. Yeah, lunchtime. Time to eat my pumpkin. Yum, 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 yum. I bet yum. he was regular, though. I didn't ask. Yeah. Anyway. I have a table or two in my house. Yes. That has seen better days. Okay. Especially like the tabletop, because we can't have nice things. <laughs> and I'm not the type of person who's like, you must use a coaster. Mm-hmm. Like my mom was a coaster crazy lady. You had to have a coaster mm-hmm. under a drink and for good reason, because it F's up your tabletops. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, so I have some F'd up tabletops because <laughs> <laughs> I don't make people use coasters, even though I have some really cute coasters. So my tabletops are scarred. They've got drink glasses, rings and all kinds of stuff on them. So I was thinking I would really like to kind of make those tables look better but Mm -hmm. i don't want to resurface them a lot of them are like flat pack tables as well like that you would put together like from ikea or yeah okay walmart Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not ikea not even as classy as ikea (laughs) like walmart i'm this many years old and i still have walmart furniture it's all right there's no judging here then i have a couple of like antiques as well that i got from my parents when we moved into our first place or whatever they had old furniture it wasn't antique at the time but now it is mm-hmm. and we haven't treated it nicely because mm-hmm. we're trashy people <laughs> so i was thinking how can i restore these pieces of furniture without like breaking the bank and without going to a lot of trouble mm-hmm. and also having fun doing it and i thought i bet i could decoupage the tabletops with things and what else do i have an overabundance of pictures old pictures oh 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 yeah okay what are we ever going to do with all those old pictures oh i like where this is going so i'm not going to take any of like the old 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 ones yeah yeah. of my granny and when they were young and things like that because that's stuff that the rest of my family also has a claim to. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking I could go through all those old pictures I got from my mom's garage. Mm-hmm. And she made doubles of most things anyway. And decoupage some tabletops. That would be fun. With old family photos. Yeah. That are never going to see the light of day. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's ever going to see those. Yeah. You're, we're not going to frame them. We're not going to put them in like collage frames. Nobody's going to do that. Mm-hmm. People don't do that anymore. So I thought this way we'll be able to see the pictures, have some great memories, mm-hmm. a little bit of nostalgia, mm-hmm. and also my tabletops will look better. Yes. And they'll look cool. Yes. I love this idea. So I searched how to do this because do I know how to do this? <laughs> no. <laughs> have I ever decoupaged anything? No. I don't even know how the idea came into my brain. It was like a gift from God or something because I've never done this. And I don't know how to do it without damaging the photos. And it looks like my good friend Mod Podge is going to be my partner. Okay. On this journey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm so excited. Okay. Have you ever decoupaged anything? No. Nothing. So many ideas out there. I don't even own HodgePodge. Mod Podge. What'd I say? HodgePodge. Oh. <laughs> Mod Podge. Hodgepodge. I don't own Hodgepodge either. Okay. Brother. Dear Caffeine, I miss you. I do own a lot of Mod Podge. I don't have the big tubs of it like that you can buy, but I do have like the jars. Mm-hmm. Oh, when is this going to happen? I don't know, but I think we need to do it together. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? I don't want to be responsible for ruining your pictures. Well, I'll try one first. I'll do a table first, like a small table. Okay. And then we can do one of the bigger ones together. That would be fun. I would love to do that because I love crafting. I know. We could put on Pride and Prejudice in the background, (gasps) eat some pumpkin bread. 
You had me at Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> and decoupage a table. <laughs> I am in. Excellent. So I have another question for you. What is that? What about this one? What about this one? <laughs> Here's a quick listing of our other searches from the past week that we didn't have time to discuss in this episode, but we'll possibly cover in a future bonus episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is when we really kick up the pace. Yep. Here we go. We know we've been talking too long. Too long. Okay. Here's my list. States where Duncan Spiked is available. Dual use game slash dining table. Local DMV office. Phil Collins illness. Fubo account. How old is Brian McCourt from Backyard Builds? Jimmy Buffett death. Steve Harwell death. Computer recycling center. How to pronounce Rishi Rice. What is a demijohn? And Hedro Jam. Okay. <laughs> I only have three. What about this one's? What? I was so busy this week. Most of my Google searches were work related, which boring and boo. We're not bringing that to the show. Mm -mm, keep that noise out. Yeah. Here we go. I'm ready. God Family Football Evangel. It's about what? High school. It's Say a show. It? Oh, oh. <laughs> God Family Football is the show. Got it. Evangel High School. Affogato. Did I say that right? Mm hmm Okay. And Claymore Mine. Oh. That's worse stuff. You know me. Girl, go get some Affogato. Oh, I shall. As soon as I have detoxed from all the <laughs> caffeine in my system already. You need to because this will get you hyped up. Okay. I will. Mm, yum. Okay. Do you have any listener shout outs this week? I don't. I don't have a single one. I do. Oh, let's hear it. Alex. Yeah. Is a new listener. I'm she said that she's she's a workmate. Oh, yeah. She said listening to our podcast, which she was recommended the podcast by Matt, the Lions fan. Thanks, Matt. Yes. He loves the show. So that's encouraging. And he mentioned it to Alex, which I can't believe I didn't mention it to her because we're, we're buddies. <laughs> But anyway. <laughs> Welcome, Alex. You know how that goes. She said that she almost peed her pants um, <laughs> listening to us while driving home one day. <laughs> so she is right where she needs to be. Perfect. <laughs> you are among friends. Yep. Pee pants friends. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about people in other countries listening to us. Oh, yeah. We, we haven't, haven't checked that, that in a while. Yes. I checked it this morning. Okay, okay. Because actually I was looking for reviews and there are no reviews. I so know. people, people, while I'm looking up these uh, screenshots, Kara. Yes. Can you plead with people about writing some reviews? <laughs> Please. Rate and review us. Tell your friends. Because really that's the only way things get seen yeah. on these platforms. That's true. That's true. Yes. Rate and review us. We have had, um, I checked on Apple. We've had... Diane wrote a review. She did write a review. And then we've had, I think, two or three other people that did rate us. But there were no reviews. Okay. Rating Diane, is good. Yeah. Rating is good. Mm -hmm. So keep it up. Rating just takes a second or two. Mm -hmm. So we would appreciate it. Especially in iTunes, that's all they use. Mm -hmm. It's true. For visibility is ratings and reviews. Yes. So if you listen to us on iTunes, please, 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 please rate and review us. We would appreciate that. We really would. Ireland is a new one. Ah, oh, score. We had a download in Ireland. That is exciting. That is very exciting. It's probably because of all that information about Cork and L County Limerick. And the cranberries. And the cranberries. Of course it is. Um, yeah. Canada. Ah! Oh, Canada. Our neighbors to the north. We have a download. That's exciting. I hope you're not being affected by the wildfires, Canada oh my listener. Gosh, right. Stay safe. Wear your mask. All of you new listeners and old listeners. Yeah. Anybody listening, you can contact us at delete this history podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Please. Help Bria with her restless leg syndrome. Yes. Tell us what searches you're doing. Yes. What else could they tell us? Oh, how about a good pumpkin bread recipe? Ooh. It's fall, people. 
Yeah. Let's jump on it. Oh, we're at DTH Gals on Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then on Facebook, delete this history. Mm -hmm. Slide into our DMs (laughs) to quote Bria Brown. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) It'll be the most excitement we've had in a long time on social media. That's true. (laughs) People not sliding in very much. Except those fake guys who every once in a while slide in. Yes. Creepy. I saw your picture and... I think you're great. And I'm like, well, you've got poor, poor judgment. (laughs) So (laughs) delete. Speaking of deleting. Yeah. What are you going to go do? Uh, I am going to go delete my history. Me too. Goodbye. Bye bye. Delete This History is created, written, hosted, produced, and edited by Bria Brown and Kara Birch. Theme music is So Good by Orcas. Email us at deletethishistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DTHGals. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Nightmares provided by Clownface Toby Jugs and Nocturnal Sea Monsters. <laughs>